0: up guys our wrestling podcast back at you with another episode this is dave vicious along with just the total package craig the british bulldog cuz it's off this week bringing you our perspective on the world oh, of professional wrestling I love that when you say that it's like it's like <laughs> chocolate candy <laughs> chocolate candy no inside sources no ties to the industry just stories from the diehards sharing opinions with you can someone feed me today's topic
1: look at it look at it bang
0: bang <laughs> i love it ddp doing a little legacy here ladies and gentlemen on the ddpers give our audio fans give us a listen on apple spotify soundcloud iHeartRadio, radio Stitcher, and google Podcasts, or watch our videos on youtube at our wrestling channel on social media give us a follow on instagram or twitter at owp 2019 we'd really like it if you did or at facebook at our wrestling podcast uh craig how you doing
2: i'm doing well uh i'm excited about this um did some research on a certain uh, Diamond Dallas page. A great doc on the network about him. Uh, Positively page. I'm excited oh. to talk about what a human being he is and all his like intangibles and the dude um, who started when he was 35 and you just track his career based on when he was born and the years that he accomplished what he accomplished. And anyone that ever talked to him would say that he was driven to uh, succeed however uh, roadblocks you put in front of him so what an amazing guy he'll never be on mount rushmore but it does not matter like he gives hope to old dudes like us that maybe um
0: he might be started too
2: later wanted to wrestle like he's an incredible incredible guy and what a career and he, legacy he might be on, on the, around m- a while.
0: the mount rushmore after wrestling you know, just the after wrestling success of some, he might be in that top four. Uh, and yeah, because I think he saved lives. Jess, I don't know if you want to expand on that a little bit. No,
1: I do agree on that. I will expand on the end. Uh, I know you need to jump into this and I don't mm-hmm. mean but I, I agree with you hundred percent. I agree with both of you. Uh, that's why we're doing this. So Dave jump the fuck in there. And then I will, I will let's talk get, about it.
0: Let's get into some early life. Paige, Joseph, a Falkenberg. That is not a joke. Was born on April 5th, 1956. <laughs> he is 65 years old. In Pleasant, New Jersey, he attended Saint Joseph. Point Pleasant, New
2: Jersey, Dave. That's the only area in there. It's Point Pleasant.
0: Point Pleasant. Oh, yeah. I
2: didn't oh. even see that in my notes. So there you great. go.
0: Uh, uh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> he attended.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 fuck you. Copyright. <laughs> here we go. Here, hey, here we go. go. Here. He did uh, hey, Saint Joseph High school, school. On in Toms River, <laughs> New Jersey. For his freshman and second years, spending his first season on the JV basketball team, making the varsity squad as a sophomore. He was pretty tall. He transferred to Point Pleasant Borough High School in Point Pleasant. Sounds about right, where he was a star basketball player. Excuse my phone falling with the Point Pleasant Borough High School Panthers. He attended Coastal Carolina University and South Carolina briefly before leaving school to work full-time. Thanks for those tongue twisters, Jess. I really appreciate how you get us started. He ran a successful nightclub called in the mid-'80s uh, called Norma Jeans in Fort Myers, He Florida. was 6'5". DDP six was 6'5". Six 6'5". Six
2: yeah. Big boy.
0: Uh, it was there that a lot of local wrestlers would frequent this nightclub. He would make many contacts in the wrestling business. Did we jump into There the was program? a couple of uh, – if you watch the documentary – I'm sorry, Dave.
2: Yeah, that's good. so funny. I'm slowing it down right away. But no, it's fine, you're fine. Like, to do his back um, – he uh, grew up in uh, New Jersey in like an idyllic suburb. Mom was tough. Alcoholic father got into an accident. They got divorced, uh, right? Yeah. His parents got divorced. Got into an accident, was th- uh, flown like uh, across the road, had bad knees so he couldn't chase his football career hmm. when he was early. And he kind of goes about these things and talks about like already the beginning of his resilience And his hustle, like, it didn't matter that he had wrecked knees and couldn't do contact sports. And somehow he managed to be able to do basketball, but he always kind of wanted to do wrestling. And then in his high school and after that, he was always a talker. He was always charismatic. And before Norma Jeans, he was a nightclub guy in New Jersey, uh, always made a lot of money as a bartender. And you can just completely see that from the rest of his early
0: career, like, he wanted he to make money. He was like talk. an
1: entrepreneur. Like he wanted the next thing. <laughs> what do I do next? Yeah. What do I do next?
0: Yeah. In hindsight, it's not surprising at all. Right. Uh, <clears throat> jumping into early wrestling career from '88 to '91, he started managing for the AWA in 1998, where he managed a bad company. I'm sorry, 1988. Excuse me. It's getting a little. Let me pop that back. Where the one bad... the one listener
1: we have, Dave, will call you
0: out on your shit yeah you know I'm did,
2: did you say 1888
0: i am terrible that's terrible <laughs> your mom, like, your mom Buren? will call us out on our shit if yeah you she's don't. like that's not right
1: dear. that's bullshit he started in 88 he's it no just as fucked that in half tense he lot. says it a
0: lot <laughs> one of the many diamond dolls keeping my diamond mind don't you know working real hard but it ain't been all work had it fell here that's right daddy it's been a lot of pleasure going on there too limousine clear jet Parties with Bon Jovi, Motley Crue—it don't matter. We're having a good time, but we've been working hard. And speaking of working hard, I mean, what's with these Midnight Rockers? You know, I'm trying to handle a lot of different affairs for the boys here, and these Midnight Rockers won't get off the phone. I'm not gonna sign a deal with you. Get it through your head. What did Janetti get brain damage when he banged his head? What's with them boys? She'll love this, by the way, that we say this though, and she's getting <laughs> accolades on it. She'll be like, "You guys are talking about me on the podcast. Um, I love you. Tell me to call you me. guys are." Tell Jess to call me shit. Yeah, that that's being a Joe's dick. Saying. That's shit. Um, <laughs> uh, it it led uh, bad company, which is Paul Diamond and Pat Tanaka, to the AWA tag team titles on March nineteenth, nineteen eighty eight. His manager name became Diamond Dallas Page. He would call everything yeah. the Diamond something. Heads that's up, where, he, yeah, was, that's when he, he, he was developed 32. The Diamond dolls.
1: The he Diamond, was thirty
2: two. He was 32 years old in 1988. A lot of wrestlers came to his uh, kind of um, uh, his thing. And uh, Bushwhacker Luke uh, was one of his buddies. There was a bunch of wrestlers, and that's kind of how he got his start. He
1: was, yeah. I'm glad you filled that in, Craig, because like he, I, my note, I tried to just be spacey with him so we can move this along. However, you're right. Along this time, he was making a lot of wrestling contact friends, like even before yeah. he joined NWA. So that's important because... DDP name drops all the time. I called so and so like during this time, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, you just called that person like Jake Roberts or whoever. I yeah, just throwing names around. Like you I called so I DDP, called the Rock
0: before he was the Rock. I'm
1: just yeah, saying. dude, he fucking oh. DDP networked with everybody. He's that kind of guy. He asked questions. He wasn't shy. He didn't care. He would just talk to anybody who would be like, oh, yeah, you got some information
2: for me? Yeah,
1: tell me about that so I can learn. He's amazing. He's amazing. He's, he's in
2: Fort Myers, Florida running nightclubs. Like, he's going to yeah. meet shitty professional wrestlers and <laughs> make relationships. Yeah, And he's 6'5", 275 plus. Like, yeah. he's born to do it, and he's a talker. And but he was he... older. But he was older. You know Funk, what I mean? Fuck, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In media. He, he was born 25 years old. Mm? There it is.
0: There it is. He started. (laughs) He started the. Congratulations,
2: Mr. and Mrs. Page. You
1: have a. 12, a healthy old twenty-five. Let me play rock and roll. I'm the, the baddest
2: redhead you ever got. Diamond it, Paige. I need a tit I'ma put my arm on a tit I need Goo Goo Gaga, or else I'll die. Oh. I think uh, I shit my diaper. Good God!
0: Speaking of calling everything the diamond, something he started the Diamond Exchange Stable and managed Kurt Hennig. I need a diamond nipple because I'm 25. I Just came out, but I have I have no
2: sustenance. I need a mother. Paige also worked bellies. for the Florida. Championship.
0: Yeah. I know. T- I do it. I knew you were going
2: to call him a superstar. <laughs> From the
0: Florida Championship Wrestling as a color commentator <laughs> alongside of Gordon Sully. Yeah,
1: he commentated <sighs> next to Gordon Sully. Like, are you kidding me right now? The,
2: Please like, get this. If <laughs> <hit> me, <laughs> you say Jim bitch, Ross
1: boy. and Gordon Soli is right there, like, because Jim Ross loves Gordon Soli. So if you ask Jim Ross, who's the greatest uh, commentator of all time, he'll say Gordon Gordon Sully. Sully. If you ask me, I'll say Jim Ross all day long. And yes, I know who Gordon Sully is. That's what I would say. No disrespect against Gordon. Jim Ross is the best. But Gordon was the guy that inspired people like Jim Ross. So DP got to
0: commentate with him. It's amazing. Very, very cool stuff. At Florida Championship Wrestling is where he made his actual in-ring wrestling debut in May of 1989 against Dick Slater. In sure. 1990, Paige auditioned for the announcer with the WWF, but he did not get that job. However, and, he yep. did get a And before bit you do
2: that, I'm cool. just going to quickly say that his big Florida Championship Wrestling mentor and moment was here was Dusty Rhodes, who was in a transitional period between NWA and WWF before the polka Dusty, dots. Yeah, so in Dusty Florida would always Championship to Florida, Wrestling, For some reason, Dusty and Florida meshed, so Dusty would he, go there. In so he's the one Makes who said, I'm going to work with you, brother. And then Dusty was his first kind of mentor right that taught him – to, to to get it done. And then it, as you're about to go into the WWF piece here, like yeah. and when he failed. I, and, and
0: that's the connection, right? So on April 1st yeah. of 1990, Diamond Dallas Page got to drive his pink Cadillac into the ring for the WWF pay-per-view as part at of WrestleMania rhythm, 6. WrestleMania because
2: Bushwhacker Luke set that up for him. Bushwhacker Luke said... There, hey, mate! There, look, and then he licked yeah. his forehead. And, and this he was said, as as a part of the rhythm no, and blues. No, he didn't. He said, "Brother," because you're gonna do super <laughs> As a part of the rhythm <laughs> and is, blues, yeah, he's Billy Graham.
0: Don't forget, this is this is this is Honky and oh god, Greg now, Greg, Greg the Hammer Valentine has rhythm yeah. and blues. That who? That's so DeHemmer nobody knew really that hated. if
1: you go back and watch WrestleMania six, the person driving the pink Cadillac that, that took is, Jimmy Hart, got Greg Valentine Honky to the ring was DDP, and it was his Cadillac.
0: Which, and I already I he drove it all the way up there, according to some. Yeah, there is versions, something to right? say about, despite
2: um, all your hustles, despite your grind, despite your—it's all who you know. It's and true. So, it's very true. He's a dude that ran, an and you club. have
1: to take advantage of those connections when you're, you're fucking
2: in your 30s trying to start out as a wrestler. Yeah, that's life. Yep. And he always yeah. he always said he wanted to be a professional wrestler. He was the AWA manager first, like God. he could talk before he even uh, attempted a hip toss, but like. Good for him. Like, that's what you have to do. It's luck plus hustle plus networking yes. equals opportunity. Always. Yes. yes. He's the living embodiment of it.
0: Yeah. The definition of luck is hardware meeting opportunity. And I think uh, there's no harder worker in the business or, or predisposed to the business than DDP. That's why he's brother. created this opportunities for himself over the years. I'm
2: Bushwacker Luke, brother. My brother, I'm sure <laughs> New Zealand, brother. Triple uh, A man
0: Ignore us Dave Plow on uh, 1991
1: to yeah. 2001
0: brother, plow The WCW on. career of Diamond Dallas Page He came in WCW as a manager In early
2: 90s like To
0: the brother, fabulous brother, Freebirds
2: down, like, Because I'm a Superstar um, a February 24th of
0: 1991 The Freebirds defeated Doom to win the WCW <laughs> Tag Team titles and then Page would Reintroduce the Diamond Exchange stage Table, yep. and also manage a debuting... I just want to say that call, I also ruined my also laptop known for this episode, as Dave. The I'm Diamond gonna, I'm
2: gonna
0: up. Stud. I, uh... You take a guy like the Z-Man, a great athlete, I came down there with a stud just to give him a little of my professional advice. People pay big money for that advice, and he didn't want it. He put his hands on me. He never should have put his hands on Diamond Dallas page because this man right here, six foot... <laughs>
2: I'm allowed to be funny in this episode because I I spilled uh, alcohol all, all <laughs> over my laptop. So this is my second laptop. You just
1: incriminated yourself, your boss. Nope, we'll
2: didn't we'll say what laptop. Who, uh, who
1: listens to the podcast religiously? Did, I know that for yeah. a fact. Uh, we'll
2: we'll, we'll add gonna say, I'm going to be funny and wacky because I've ruined my laptop and using my <laughs> personal laptop for my second backup laptop for this episode thank you yeah brother.
0: Craig has now gone through two laptops on this uh, so Dave
1: he's in WCW is. and he's managing now the Diamonds yeah and he's the the working with and Eric
0: Bischoff as an announcer as well which is kind of cool, cool. Uh, that
2: will come back to help him because uh, Scott Hall actually uh, came to him Craig I write that here <laughs> Scott, cool, yeah. Scott Hall came and said hey help me you're taller than uh, everyone you help manage I'm taller than you help me brother Brother, mm. Scott Hall raids the
0: remote, brother. <laughs> a man, brother. You help me I'll be the dabster, brother. Mm, brother, it's oh, so crazy. While Bischoff was not executive producer, that was still two years away. He did have the ear of Dusty Rhodes, who, along with Buddy Lee Parker and the Masked Assassin, ran the WCW <laughs> training facility, later known as the Power Plant. Yeah, Craig, Paul you Lord are
1: How him. guilty
0: are you about the Masked Assassin at this point, Craig? You must feel really bad about yourself. Go back to the archives. <laughs> Uh, yep, man. Yeah, I'm uh, glad the, you brought this up. Yeah, to apologize to all
2: the, the Mass Assassin fans that were out there that uh, I, uh, heard my disrespectful comments before. I knew away. that he had passed away. Uh, I just want to say uh, my apologies to Mass Assassin's family and friends.
0: <laughs> and
2: uh, let's continue. Well, I mean, I'll wearing the mask is I'll learn from this. He was a heavy man, and his neck
1: fat came out through the mask. <laughs>
2: Bye. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. I'm sorry. I, I forgive me. Yeah, he was a big fat piece of shit. Oh my god, um, he wasn't a piece of
1: shit. I didn't say that.
2: And uh, I just said
1: that his his neck well, fat physically <laughs> came out from his mask. He wasn't a piece
2: of shit. I never know. No, knew I, no I, I think that I think despite his training of some wrestlers, he I, I disagree with <laughs> I heard he was a very kind oh man god. back,
0: and he helped a lot of people out. That's what I heard. Yes, um, and his neck yeah. fat came out from his mask. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Bishop put uh, Page over as a positive, hardworking huh? student. Bishop put Page over as a positive, hardworking student. Yeah. But one major thing that hurt his chances: he was 35 years old, looking to break into a pro wrestling. Even when booked, he was a lower mid card at best. <laughs> on his off days, he would go into the power plant on yeah, his no. own dime to get better. Here's the point from the Jersey Shore,
1: As a very quick note of the wrestling hotline, we'll tell you why Paulie Dangerous has been barred from the arena tomorrow night at the pay per view. We'll talk about another unfortunate. Better that you know. I'm going to stop right there. Okay. That's amazing. Stop. He would literally on the days that he didn't get booked in WCW. <laughs> Craig, hitting He'd go his- to the power plant. <laughs>
0: Craig hitting his pen. Uh, so I don't
1: know why that makes you laugh. <laughs> so, um, so yes. He would go in on his own dime. When he wasn't booked, he would go to Florida on his own dime and go to the power plant to learn his craft. I that Legitly, all joking aside, it's amazing that he did that. It's amazing. It's how you yeah. get better at shit. Yeah.
2: I'm, Anyone I'm, that ever talks about DDP says uh, his dedication, um, whether it was after the car accident when he was a kid, shooting baskets in his driveway for three hours a night, it didn't matter. Like He set a goal, and he did it. So... Whether yeah. he picked up, he's thirty
1: five years old. By the way, trying to break yeah. into pro wrestling, like he already not had wrestled. a great
2: nightclub business. Why leave New Jersey or wherever yeah. he was? Like he went to Atlanta, he went to Florida. He was not afraid to just take the risk and follow his heart and follow his gut and know whatever he's going to do and to be positive. Like, mm-hmm. and that just like it keeps it keeps moving towards every moment from this point forward in this podcast. But like, we should all like take a lesson from fucking DDP. By the way. We, we did, truly did, should. Just it's about, minute, just yeah. about life, bro. Just about. Yeah, it's, it's not about, even breaking your, your laptop and you're spilling million. out on it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he, might have, he, he might have done the same. Unfortunately, in late 92, Page did tear his rotator cuff during a match. He was seen as expendable by WCW, and that's understandable, was let go a yeah. short time later. But oh. during that rehab period, he reached out to Jake the Snake Roberts and asked Game for advice. Just a little bit of a name,
2: though. and he, he was married to Kimberly here. I yes. think yeah, I forget yeah. what year it was. It was during the nightclub era, but was like, yeah. He was yeah. married to Kimberly before, yeah, right. like hot the hottest ever, Kimberly. So yeah,
0: yeah. And he asked for advice from Jake on a return to the ring and his character development. Um, probably not a bad person to reach out to if uh, if he's awake. Uh, he would return with his <laughs> wife Kimberly to WCW <laughs> in nineteen ninety. No, say that no, again, Dave, Dave. Sorry, sorry. sorry, sorry. sorry. I,
1: what? Read that again. Sorry, sorry. Because it's I important.
0: Said, I said during his rehab, he reached out to Jake Roberts and asked for yep. advice on a return to the ring and character development. I said, which is probably a good move, provided that Jake distinctly. No, no, I story. knew that. <laughs> I mean the Kimberly thing, because we mentioned He Kimberly. would then return with his wife Kimberly to WCW in nineteen ninety-four. He was still used he was still used as a slower mid card, but he did see an increase in TV time and pay-per-view time with feuds against David Sullivan for the remainder of nineteen ninety-four. I am so sorry about that. Huh? Huh. they um, said
2: the only thing i can add to this is they said um he uh when he was at the power plant he would ice his body and like uh in this documentary on the
0: like the whole tub um, ice or what?
2: on the network triple h and stone cold said like he was ahead of the curve and like as a 35 year old guy like or 37 year old guy in the power plant and icing his body whereas no one else did he always took care of his body more than anyone yeah. else even well stone cold a funny spirits.
1: story too uh in stone cold's book he uh used to room with ddp in wcw and uh so ddp was known for coming back to the room he would tape like heavy ice packs to his elbows his knees yeah. everything and he would get into bed and sit there for a while while he iced so a fan baked them cookies and mick foley that night decided to sleep on the floor with DDP and uh, Steve Austin in their in their room and split the because it, it, you know each guy would just pay ten bucks you know what I mean but they're all trying to be cheap and save money yeah so they all slept in there Mick Foley on the floor and so they knew Foley and and Austin got the cookies from the fan and dumped them in the sheets because DDP DDP would pay a little bit more money to sleep in the bed because he's like I gotta sleep in my bed because of my joints and I'm older so they would put the cookies <laughs> under under the bed sheets and so. They said they watched DDP. He would rub Icy Hot and all this shit. He would tape all the oh ice packs God. to his knees and elbows. And then they'd be like, all right, buddy, good night. And Austin would be sleeping on the couch and and, and Foley would be sleeping on the floor. And they would hear DDP get in bed and he gets in soaking. and he's like, you guys, you guys are fucking ridiculous. And like, <laughs> because he would wake up in the middle of the night and the cookies were all over <laughs> <their home. laughs> So they would have fun with DDP. But honestly, That's a the great rib the jokes on them in the sense that DDP, like Craig said, he was older. He had to do that shit. He was ahead of the curb, you know, like icing and you know, everybody, all athletes now get in the ice paths, right? And, That's and, all they And of
0: yeah. those three, who's in the best physical shape? Who's who has the most mobility right now? It's DDP. It's <laughs> DDP.
1: They can fucking put his legs
2: over his head. Like he's up. sixty-five years old and he looks amazing. He's yeah. had work done. He's had Botox, but like he yeah. moves better than any wrestler you've ever known or anyone in the business at sixty-five. Like. Right. Or fifty
0: five, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, with Kimberly as his diamond as his diamond doll, and Max Muscle as his bodyguard, he was able to stay relevant <laughs> and win the muscle. WCW what? television title from the Renegade. God, I, can't, I, I hate reading. that's oh, fine. Oh, Whatever what? ends the WCW Renegade, WCW Fall Brawl. Thank you, DDU, for mm-hmm. ending that reign in nineteen ninety five, yep. September. He would eventually lose that belt to Johnny B. Bad, but was gaining valuable ring time. Uh, And his next notable achievement was winning the Battle Bowl ring at uh, Slamboree 1996. It would incorporate into his character and continue to keep him on the cards. It was during this time he developed the Diamond Cutter as his finisher and had an on-screen split with Kimberly. He was still a heel, and he was wrestling solo here. He would begin his first notable feud in late 96 with Eddie Guerrero, not a bad beat, Hmm. having a pay-per-view match at WCW Halloween Havoc 1996 and meeting Guerrero in the tournament finals for the vacant U.S. championship a few weeks later. During the tournament, this
1: starts his career. So I remember as a fan. Thank you
0: again, Eddie. Appreciate you. Love you. I remember as
1: a fan enjoying that feud with Eddie. We were there live. Uh, Craig and I were with a couple other friends at Halloween Havoc 96 and we saw DDP and Eddie. Um, we got a chance to meet Eddie afterwards at the bar and he was amazing and he was still selling his injury cause he's a fucking pro. And, um, uh, I remember that match with DDP, they clicked really well together and DDP you at the time, you didn't know how, how good he was at trying to adapt to wrestling. You did we didn't know the DDP that we know now, how studious he was, how he would learn his craft, how he fucking, you know, every night would go back to the hotel, he would ice himself down, he would study tapes or whatever. We didn't know that. We just felt that he was getting better. And then being put in a feud here with Guerrero, which we didn't even know how big Guerrero would come at this point because it was 1996. But we all liked Guerrero as wrestling fans because we just saw something in him. I saw something in him. I'm not trying to take credit. I'm saying when I first saw Guerrero, his footwork and his movement, I was like, God damn, this guy's really fucking good. Like, he's so good. And so to watch DDP have to learn from a guy, Guerrero, who was younger than him, is pretty amazing. And But uh, take that in, absorb it. Um, uh, this, what Dave's going to get into right now, just started to define his career. This is, this is part of DDP's meteoric rise where, you know, so many people talk about sting and flair because flair only left WCW for like a year in WWF, which he did a lot of shit in WWF when he went in that year. But everybody who, who's WCW, you know, who represents WCW people are going to say sting or flair. That's it. Like that's, that's what I'm going to say. DDP was only WCW until WCW got bought out, until they went out of business. DDP, to me, is one of the most original WCW guys ever. Like Dave is going to read on. We are going to start embark on this journey of his where he finally breaks into the upper echelon of pro wrestling at his age. Top of the card, man. Yeah, top of the card, studying as hard as he did. It began with the feud here with Eddie Guerrero, and it just... it. Dave's yeah. gonna read on, it just explodes like a few minutes later. It's. tonight, just the fact that we know Hulk Hogan and the up.
0: Oh, Frog splash in the top one, two, three. He got it. Eddie Guerrero wins the ring. Yes, he does. Eddie Guerrero
1: wins the Battle Bowl ring. He is your
0: winner. And what's gonna be considered a major upset. And he gets his first title. He's the Battle Bowl champion.
1: And
2: he
0: wants to shake his hand. Yeah. And watch out, Eddie. Diamond Cutter. Cutter.
2: Diamond Cutter. Later, it's, it's
0: During crazy. the tournament, Hall and Nash would come to ringside and assist DDP to victory. They would strongly hint at wanting Paige in the NWO. That's how you know you've made it, ladies and gentlemen. Paige would shrug them off and claim there was no alliance between them. Feeling that Paige was being ungrateful. Hall and Nash caused DDP to lose to Guerrero in those finals. In a July 1997 edition of Nitro, Hall and January. Nash. Came- January. What did I say? July. God, I'm terrible. Yeah. So no, know. it's not your fault. I'm just I. I it, the One person will get upset. <laughs> on a Jul- on a January, I almost did it again. On a January '97 edition of Nitro, Hall and Nash came down during a DDP match and offered him a spot in the NWO. They explained. Why did they cost Page the U.S. titles or Guerrero? And that it was to show Page that anyone against the NWO would struggle. Hall gave Page an NWO shirt and once again offered him a spot. Page accepted and shook Hall's hand. On the handshake release, DDP pulled Hall into a diamond cutter and the crowd absolutely exploded. Nash would charge DDP, but he would duck, setting Nash over the top rope. In an iconic moment, Page went into the crowd and directly in the hard camera shot, he tore off the NW shirt. This the impact of this moment changed DDP's career for I cannot stress
1: as a fan when I watch this, this is how you make so a lot of people yeah. will be like, Oh, in wrestling school, I watched Ricky Steamboat or Bobby Eaton, Rest His Soul, or Arn Anderson or whatever like that. And that's all good. You should do that. You should watch cool. those guys as their movements, you should watch Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit. Like you should watch all Bret Before Hart. It comes all to that character stuff. development. But dude, like this is a perfect example of when you have a cool bad guy faction that, that was getting cheered and they were having hard because they were trying to put corny good guys against them. And everyone's like, fuck dude, is cool. I'm not gonna boo them. Then you have a guy that tells the NWO has nothing else going for him. And then when they go to like court him in, he turns on them and says, mm-hmm. I don't want to join your fucking tribe. I'm my own guy instantly instantly i will never forget this moment in the lawsuit because when nash fell over the top rope he grabbed onto a table and fell over with it and fucking hit every person in the front row by the way with the middle (laughs) legs of the table and it was there was a legit lawsuit in wcw Um,
0: i did not i don't remember that the crazy. you remember that if you go
1: back and watch it like this tape nash fucking falls over the top rope lands on the table force himself to grab the table because he wanted to be mr fucking cell because he he had Shawn michaels blood in him at that time and fell over and pulled the fucking table over and it hit everybody (laughs) in the front row it's ridiculous like what he did um so i i wcw got some uh some people in the front row by the way got money from wcw on that
0: this is beautiful look at that yes oh yes that looks great yes it's a fish hey No, no, I can't believe what I'm seeing. You just made a big mistake, Dallas. No. man is out of his mind!
2: I don't care. I can't believe
1: it. Good so. on him. But this, this moment, like, was go back and watch this moment. I am telling you right now, like, this is Wrestling 101. This made him a star. This this is how, how do, uh, WC, NWO was getting cheered. We didn't know how to get people over. Well, watch what you did. Watch what you did with DDP. Like, the whole time, DDP was like a heel. Then about two months before, he started softening. And then when Hall and Nash were like, hey, man, we were helping you out. We don't feel you were grateful. First of all, that's a heel move we were yeah. helping you out and you feel grateful. Hey guys, I just want to do this on my own. I don't, I don't need you to help me. Thank you for helping me, but I don't need it or whatever. Oh really? So they cost him the match against Eddie Guerrero. Then they come out later and go, Hey, we showed you right now how we can cost you shit. So you when you, uh, or what, when you, and he when was you... like, no. And he fucking, or he said yes. And then pulled him in with his signature move, the diamond cutter that he'd been working on that people started to pop with. Cause he yeah. it was this awesome move out of nowhere. He okay. hits hall. The place goes nuts. He gets in the crowd, rips the shirt, and is like, "Fuck you!" Mm-hmm. They instantly made a fucking hero. That's amazing. That's how you get over against a cool faction that everybody's cheering. Is you say, "I don't need you," and the you closest, outsmart uh, them. You outsmart them, and you fucking—it's
0: amazing.
1: It's awesome. This moment is fucking awesome. It made his career. This started. The,
0: the closest thing that I can imagine to that that we saw live, Jess. I don't know if Greg was there, but when Cena tore into the crowd and he was on his push. Like his first push, or I don't know if we're talking about. Ice well, it's late. It's way later.
1: Yeah, but no, it's yeah, way yeah.
0: later. I get it. But like, th- I'm like, this is the closest thing I can touch to it. In I want person. to
1: say it was 04 or 05. <laughs> yeah, probably. And, oh, probably and, oh four. Yeah,
0: and Cena was on that that title run. We knew he was on the way. He was he was being pushed really hard, and he came into the crowd and the in and the crowd. It, he got about probably six rows from us, and I've never felt more electric to see someone on their push and see like knowing that they were they were destined for great things. I could I could probably guess that it was a hundred times magnified when that happened with DDP at that moment with the NWO. It had to be way I will never forget when he stood intense. in front of the
1: crowd. He stood in the middle, and I think they were in a dome that week on Nitro. So they probably had like 30,000 people there. And wow. he stood in the middle of that crowd. He put the diamond symbol up and then he ripped the shirt off. And it was amazing. <clears> like the yeah. place went fucking crazy after he just diamond cuttered Scott Hall, who who Nash and Hall were hot as fuck from the NWO. It was, this is how you make faces against cool heels, which they still struggle with to this day. And I'm like, dude, don't make them rely on the heels. Make them tell the heels, fuck you. I'm better than you. I don't need you.
2: That's how you build the big heel or that's how you build the big face. Sorry. Go ahead, Craig. And again, um, in, in the way this business works, uh, that it had not happened. And we talked about it earlier, uh, Scott Hall talks about it in the documentary. He let it happen and made it happen because of Diamond Dallas Page uh, move in AWA when he allowed Scott Hall to be his manager as Diamond. Right, Stud. they were friends. So basically, right. yeah. it They're was his it payback, and that. And he was a move. neighbor to Eric Bischoff. On top of that, but you're right, Craig. He did yeah. owe Hall a payback. So yeah. it's this like it's kismet. You have to have the the, the, the Scott Hall do it. You have to have NWA approve it. And for the vouch and for the uh, relationship that he did for Diamond Stud and the move he made for Scott Hall in his very beginning, and that was all evidence of – And a story on uh, Bischoff's
1: podcast, by the way. Um, Bischoff didn't see it. Bischoff didn't want to push DDP because they were legit neighbors. So Bischoff thought if he pushed Uh, DDP, he would get more pushback from the locker room.
0: Hall and Nash
1: sat him down, and they were trying to convince him – and one day they did nitro and they went to a bar afterwards and they watched DDP do a diamond cutter. It was when he was doing the whole thing, a diamond cutter out of nowhere, and he hit someone with it, and the crowd popped. And Bischoff looked at Holland Ash and said, So DDP's over. And Holland Ash looked at him <laughs> like, Yeah, we were fucking trying to tell you that like the whole time. Like put time in him. And yeah, that's I love when it. they decided, that's when they decided to go ahead and do this because Bischoff really said, you know what? I'm going to push him because, you know what? He's fucking over. It's not about him being my neighbor. He's over.
0: Yeah. he And he, and he earned every every bit of it, man. Just... Yeah. After that, uh, DDP became the face the crowd cheered for. He would attack the NWO before they ever got a chance to get to him. Soon after, Paige began a feud with the recent NWO recruit macho man Randy Savage. On an episode of Nitro Savage, aided by Scott Hall and Nash, Attack Paige, and spray-painted NWO on his back. That's, again, how you know you made it. A few weeks later, at Uncensored, Savage and Miss Elizabeth broke, uh, uh, which was a work shoot, by revealing to the world that Paige and Kimberly were, in fact, still married. Savage then proceeded to beat up Paige, ensuring a future match between the two. So, so this Stampede- set up
1: their, this set up their Spring Stampede 1997 main event, mm-hmm. by the way. And let me tell you a story that I didn't write here on the note. So they were touring on house shows before that to feel each other out. And uh, on the Savage would win every night. And then Arne Anderson at this point was kind of like the road agent. We call him road agents now. But he was – I don't know what he was called back then. But he was more of the road agent. So um, on the last night of the tour, uh, Arne came in and said, hey, Savage, what do you want to do? Same old stuff. And Savage looked at him. DDP was – he was half paying attention. He was getting his boots on or whatever and getting his knee pads on. And then he heard Savage look at Anderson. And he goes, uh, I think tonight I take the diamond cutter and I go, uh, DDP goes over. And he said he looks up and he's like, what? And Anderson grabs Savage by the wrist and looked at him in the face and said, are you sure you want to do this? And he goes, I do. And that was it. He's like, okay. And so they go out there and they did their normal match and it tore the house down. Everybody was like into it. And then they changed the ending where Savage fell into the diamond cutter. And then on the ground, Savage looked at DDP and just said, hey, don't cover me right away. Wait a second. Milk this. And, oh Sav- and, and DDP got up and kind of crawled over and crawled over and put one arm over Savage. And the ref goes, one, two. And so the crowd's expecting him to kick out. And Three. And then DDP thought, "Oh my God, this is not going to work." And he said, "Like a second later, the crowd went insane because they didn't believe and, it
0: for a second. Yeah.
1: Then he said, the next day, Bischoff or uh, uh, Savage goes into Bischoff's office and says, "Hey, at the pay per view, um, DDP's going over." He
0: hooked him. He hooked him. That's it. That's it. This place has erupted. Everyone is standing savage when you thought he had diamond dallas diamond dallas had savage and look at nick patrick the pressure's on him right now Brian he knows he's not gonna get up come on patrick county go ahead you better count come on one two three. got it he's getting
1: and oh bischoff God. goes okay sounds good and that's all savage needed to know that this guy he can do it with the crowd will believe that he could beat me and all that stuff. And Savage made the DDP's career even more than the turn on Scott Hall here. It's so amazing. So people could say always oh, Bischoff's neighbor or whatever. He earned it. You don't get legends like Savage and Hall to be like, dude, no, put this, this guy's fucking overdo it. Like if he didn't really earn it, they knew it. They knew the pop that the diamond cutter was getting. They knew everything. And Savage, it took Savage to be like, no, Let's try it on a house show. He's going over, and people were like, well, "Okay, like," and it went perfect. Then he's like, "Yeah." So on the pay per view, um, he's going to go over on top of me, and then, and it would be the only victory by the way on pay per view that you would get <laughs> against Savage. But that first victory made him <clears throat> a star, and it's so important. It's so this feud with Savage not only so good, all their matches are so good. Go back and watch sure. all of them. Yeah. Um, it's so good, man. And Savage just being the legend that he is, and we. Everybody knows how we feel about him, and uh, I miss him, and Savage is fantastic, and uh, it just, it just, it's, this is wrestling art, people. This is fucking beautiful. I do miss. Craig, I do miss. Craig, I think you want to say something, Craig, go ahead.
2: No. No, I, all I want to say is that that's absolutely true. It's like, uh, this was the the feud that, the that put him into the, uh, the top tier, and where he would never, he would be untouchable from this point forward. He was DDP- at the at the apex, and it was yeah. How many Scott Hall that gave him the chance, but it was yeah.
0: How many people at, at this moment at this and time it was Savage made it. Yeah, savage, how many, to your point, Greg. How many people have defeated Randy Savage clean? At to this moment, I mean, I know later on it's Hogan, that and, and that's it. <laughs> Hogan, I mean, Hogan, made, Hogan, Hogan Savage had Hogan, made a lot of people. Hogan but it Warrior, was, right? It, I mean, Hogan Warrior. And, yeah, yeah. It takes. It's, it's basically uh, combo, the. Right? It's the perfect
2: example of someone just giving them their spot. Like, Savage had a spot, but he was fighting for it and always did. And he was the guy that lost to Flair and Hogan. He was definitely second tier compared to those guys. But, like, for Savage then, even at this point, to just kind of uh, give it up to DDP um, in a small way. He's not giving up his full spot, but, like, he says, okay – I, I tested this in the house show circuit. I let him do it on the paid for you. I made the right decision. Like always best for business. Like, but that's the deal. Sav- how, this this Savage Savage, is what made, how D-D-D-D. am I going
0: to make more
1: money here? Like, yeah. right. Seriously. Right. How you can know? I get this feud to go on for another four months, five months? Yeah.
0: And really put it over. And it, it, it makes sense for me to give it up because the crowd is clamoring for it. And when they see it, they're going to buy more tickets. And I think, right. I think Savage understands that more than most people at that time. like, Everyone else, is like, I got this clause. And back that here, people don't really realize that,
1: too right? that, that with Hogan on a limited contract, Hogan was only on the big pay per views. So on the Spring Stampedes and the uh, Slam Breeze, Savage started is the guy put, carrying it. Yeah, they started yeah. putting like people, Savage and, and, and DDP, in the main events on those. So those were yeah. carrying those pay per views. So it's important. <laughs> Savage knew the importance to. Look, it's cool when everybody else joins the NWO, they get that individual pop because it's like that individual rub, but yeah. you've got to make other guys. you got to make people want to go to the next pay-per-view that Hogan's not on to buy the pay-per-view and, and invest in the product.
0: Yeah. So he obviously defeated him there, but a few months later, he, uh, being DDP and Savage, would compete at the Great American Bash. They squared off again. Anything goes. Lights out match. That match ended with Savage defeating DDP with help from a then-tag-team champion, Scott Hall. Paige even dressed up as a mass wrestler at La Parca and beat Savage on the July 7th edition of Monday Nitro. Dude,
1: go back and watch that. That <laughs> shit's great.
0: Larry, please settle down here. I need to focus what's on the right. Did you see that? There's- Incredible hit over
2: yeah. the cutter. Did you see that? That's, that's, not that's La, Parca. La Parca. That's not La Parca.
0: DDP. Oh, my.
2: That is incredible! He pinned him! Diamond Dallas! And look, Scott Hall! Scott Hall was more concerned with Larry Zabisco and DDP and WCW. One up the NWO! Hey guys, I'm gonna leave now!
1: Please! Look at this! When he wakes up, let him know! Great. He fucking. <laughs> you thought it was just Savage against La Parka and he was beating the shit out of La Parka the whole time? And then he went for the elbow, and then parka puts up the foot and kicks Savage in the face. And then he he stood up and looked at the crowd and hit a diamond cutter. And then the crowd stand and then up. Everybody hot, knew. And then after he pinned Savage, he took the mask off. The place went fucking insane. I remember that. This remember match was gold. Off. That was an amazing. Again, another amazing <laughs> moment like that Savage allowed to happen. It was fucking. I was going to awesome, say there's there's dude.
0: I mean like Randy Randy has to sign off on that. And that's how much. How much trust do you put in GDP? Hey, I'm going to put a mask on, and I'm going to be La Parca, and I'm going to beat you on a on, on yeah. a TV show, and, and it's going to carry us through. And Savage is like, okay, brother, I like it. Like, I, I mean, not yeah. how many people would how many people would Savage allow that to happen with?
2: Yeah, a not many. Of your, yeah, not maybe many. a handful.
0: So this continued their feud. Instead of their final match at Halloween Havoc 1997 in a, uh, a no-DQ match, Savage would get the final pinfall victory after Hogan attacked DDP, you sack of shit. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just had to throw that in. It's not in the notes, but it's we had live here. Paige would then take on Hogan in an addition of Nitro, which was considered by many to be Hogan's best match of 1997. Pretty incredible. And at Starrcade 97, Paige won the United States Heavyweight Championship from Kurt Henning. Man, Kurt's still working here. It's, it's crazy to think. <laughs> he got it, got it. David Cutter getting covered, cover it, getting covered. One, two, new champion. Yes! yes, 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 all right. Let's get the official word from David Pizzer. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the match, is new wow. WCW United States Heavyweight Way Champion, David Cruz Payne. Yesterday just knocked on the door down. Uh, the following year at Censor 1998, Page defended the title in a triple threat False Count Anywhere contest against Crispin Benoit and Raven, putting Raven through a table with the diamond cutter to retain the belt there. Page would later lose that title to Raven at Spring Stampede.
1: I will never forget the clip that's floating around, too. It was on MTV. It's how hot WCW was at the time. And DDP was on Total Request Live, I think it was, sitting on a couch, and Raven attacked him on that set. And you saw all the hosts and all that stuff, all the VJs and all that stuff, go, holy shit. He hit him with a stop sign or something in the back of the head. So good. And knocked DDP out and attacked him on the set. And so that's how over WCW was at the time. And Paige. So I I encourage a lot of people to go back here, too, during DDP's US title run and watch his matches against Benoit and Raven. They were good shit. Like, they were really edgy, good stuff. It was really good stuff. Again, DDP, man, I just think we, fucking... Um...
0: We we have to we have we have to have an episode dedicated to Raven soon as well. I think that's yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh later in the year, Paige tagged with Carl Malone against Hulk Hogan and Dennis Rodman at Bash of the Beach of 98, where they would lose due to
1: interference. The highest uh you know, except for Starcade ninety-seven with Hogan and Sting, the highest rated or highest bought WCW pay-per-view of all time.
0: Wow. Paige then tagged with late night talk show host Jay Leno at Road Wild. Where they defeated Hogan and Aaron Bischoff. Kind of that was super lame. Uh, at Fall Brawl, Page won the War Games main event and got a world title shot against the undefeated Goldberg at Halloween Havoc 1998. We were there live in Vegas. You guys were? i jelly. Yep. Uh, Page did not win the match, but the match was voted WCW Magazine's Match of the Year in 1998. Halloween he, Havoc. He carried
1: Goldberg to a passable match. It was actually a decent match, more than decent. Um, mm-hmm. Go back and watch Goldberg, DDP, Halloween Havoc '98. It's good. It's
0: actually good stuff. Forget about it. Goldberg goldberg him, got him Jack hammered One, two. It's Goldberg. It's Goldberg. Well, he earned that one. Page did not win that match. I'm sorry. We already have that. Halloween Havoc went slightly longer than expected, resulting in a number of cable companies. Blacking out the end of Hogan versus Warrior match and all of the DDP versus Goldberg contest.
1: They should have blacked out the whole Warrior and Hogan match. Period. Oh,
0: my. Yeah, it was bad. I got to get over, it, brother. I got to get my match back, brother. Mm-hmm. WCW decided to air the Goldberg versus DDP Daddle Pal in its entirety on October 26th episode of Nitro. I remember that. You and I talked about that quite a bit, Jess. Yeah. Which proved immensely popular in the ratings. Resulted in a ratings win for Nitro over Raw. The last win yep. Nitro ever had. <laughs> showing in
1: showing DDP versus Goldberg from the night before was the last win that WCW ever had in the ratings. Wow. <coughs> in October of 98.
0: So, despite <coughs> the setback in the world title picture, Paige rebounded this time, the same following night of Halloween Havoc, <coughs> on the October 26th episode of Nitro. With a win over Bret Hart to capture the United States Heavyweight title, the two headline the following month's of World War III and a title match. That Page actually won. Page lost that title to Hart on the November 30th episode of Nitro in a no disqualification match when he was assaulted by El Gigante. Sorry, the Giant. The Giant.
1: So the you giant. know what? Like again. I know Bret Hart's usage, usage in WCW was frowned upon, but, like, Bret gave us nuggets. You had a lot of Bret versus Booker, Bret versus Benoit, and Bret versus DDT matches. Yes, they used Bret wrong. I'm not saying they used him right. But, dude, you have so many nuggets in WCW in 98 where you can go back and watch Bret versus Benoit, like I said, Bret versus mm-hmm. Booker T, Bret versus DDP. Go back and watch those matches. because even. Even though the booking was a mess, these guys still put quality matches in. It they're worth going and watch. And it's part of DDP's legacy. It, it, he, be, it, it, he be Bret Hart.
0: Here comes again. He's just toying with him at this point. He's got a, a but the, look at Page fight. Sharpshooter. Now he's got to get to the ropes again. But can he? Come on, Dallas. He's got a long way to go to make it to the ropes this time. Look at the fight in this man. Reach down deep. Does he have the energy left to even try and fight back? The fans didn't DDP. Shut out the pain. His bitch. He cannot do it. the over. He's a human being. He had to. It's over. Let's go of the darn thing. It's over. <laughs> it's, it's a weird hard. state of wrestling affairs at this moment where... Everybody tuned in for what NW was gonna do, but it started to get pretty stale if you go back and watch it now. Well, yeah, like, nineteen ninety-eight was like a mess. Like, yeah. Yeah, but to your point, the nuggets in between that when you started watching, I mean, there's there's so much going on here with, with cruiserweight stuff and obviously DDP. You go back and there's really good shit that you kind of take for granted because you're like, What's NW gonna well, do? Well, and
1: and the whole every week product was new to us. Now yeah. we're used to live shit every week from AEW and WWF and all that stuff. Sure. Back here, it's like, dude, Nitro had to load the shit. And they were starting to lose WWE. So they were, like, just throwing everything they could, like, yeah. on Nitro. Yeah, you're so right. So you, you, got, you got Brett versus DDP on Nitro. You got all kinds of shit. It was crazy.
0: Well, look at this. I mean, Paige became the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. At yeah, April skipping March forward. This is, like, almost
1: a year later. Yeah.
0: Yeah. At Spring Stampede, where he defeated Sting, Hogan, and Ric Flair for the title in a four-way dance with macho man Randy Savage as special guest referee. You know,
1: unfortunately, like, nobody was ready for this, and I think DDP left for an injury for a while, and then when he came back, like, he won the world title. It was weird. Like, DDP was so over, and then actually here, I think the fans turned against him. You're going to read on a little bit. So when he first won the world heavyweight title... Nobody expected it. And WCW was on a downturn. 1999 was not a good year for WCW. I think they
0: were just mad at everything at this yeah, point. Yeah,
1: they were just trying desperately to do something new. And unfortunately, his world title reign was not like looked back on in the most positive light. However, he did still win. He was WCW World Heavyweight Champion, DDP. The same guy that broke into the sport when he was in his 30s. The same guy that fucking iced the shit down. It, it's still an accomplishment for him. Cookies in the like, bedsheets. Yeah. 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 Yes, it was still All an accomplishment men. for him. <laughs> so he beat those guys in a four-way match out of nowhere. DDP yeah. uh, D- Diamond Cutter Flair.
0: Yes. a new DDP. he earned it. He Yeah. So yeah, he Diamond Cutter Flair, and it resulted in boos at various uh, events. Um, so shortly after spring stamp, the decision was made to turn page heel for the first time in three years. I think it's a good move. The turn played out slowly at first with page undergoing a change in attitude. Then on April 19th, page defended his title against Goldberg where he cemented the turn by first knocking Goldberg out with brass knuckles. Fantastic. And then propping his leg up against the ring stairs, repeatedly smashing it with a steel chair all while taunting the fans with the repeated utterance of boom me now i love it i love all of this um, page only stopped when kevin nash an ally of hogans who was angry at page for kayfabe injuring hogan's knee during the match at spring stampede came back from injury and chased him and uh, chased him away um, i think <laughs> i can hear i can hear dp boom me now i can just hear it like oh like good for you good douchebags. You know, oh, you don't you don't like me now that I won the title? Good. Okay, watch this. Watch this. On April 26th of 1999, Paige lost and regained his title in the span of two hours. Sting challenged him to defend his title in the first hour of that night's Nitro and defeated him uh, to regain the title he had lost a year earlier.
1: So, yes, again, um, go back and watch this match. This match with Sting and DDP was fan-fucking-tastic. Like, it was one of the few bright spots in the 1999 year where WCW was dying. And uh, this match was awesome. Go back and watch the crowd. Go back and watch the match. They were so fucking good. This match was excellent. I'm telling you right now. Like, Go back and watch this. April 26, 1999, DDP and uh, Sting started the night out with a world title match. And Sting wins the title. It was awesome. It was really good. Really yep.
0: good. This ended Page's reign at 15 days, but he gained an opportunity to get the title back 90 minutes later. Nash came to the ring and made a challenge for a four way match for the title. And, and the just dethroned Page joined defending champion Sting and Goldberg in the match. Page regained the world title by using a foreign object to hit Nash and take the win and regain the title without actually defeating the reigning champion. They were He's trying
1: gone. to build heel on the heat wow. or build heat on the heel. Yeah.
0: Yep. Uh, Nash became the number one contender shortly after and vowed to get revenge on Page for his friend Hogan, culminating in a match at Slamboree of 1999 in May of said year. Page originally retained that world championship after Savage interfered and hit Nash, but the match was ordered to continue by Eric Bischoff and Nash pinned Page to win the title after a powerbomb. Page dropped out of the title picture shortly thereafter. Then, shortly after Sunbury, Page entered into an alliance with fellow New Jerseyan Bam Bam Bigelow and won the WCW World Tag Team Championship from then-Champions Perry Saturn and Raven on May 31st of same year, thanks to Chris Canyon churning heel on the former Ally Raven and costing the team the championships.
1: This kind of gets into a fun little faction here.
0: Yeah, Paige, Bigelow, and Canyon became known as the Jersey Triad, and through their alliance with WCW President for Life Ric Flair, he took advantage of the Free Bird rule in their subsequent matches, meaning any combination of the three could defend the championship. The Triad held the titles until June 10th, when Saturn and Chris Benoit, now stablemates in the Revolution, took the titles from them at that time. The group broke up shortly thereafter, and Paige began feuding with Hogan again, Joining Sid Vicious and Rick Steiner in a team effort to take on Hogan, Sting, and Goldberg. God, it's weird. It's so yeah, weird. Yeah. No. WCW
1: was on a spiral down here. It was all bad. Wow. Everything after this point is just terrible. Yeah. Soon after that, not, not, page, not because of DDP, not because no.
0: no I get you. It's just yeah. like thinking it's Hogan as a face at that moment is weird to me. Um. Soon after that feud, it it page it uh, it uh, churned into a hero again and feuded with both Canyon and Bigelow. Before the year ended, but in 2000, WCW was under new management. Paige earned a shot at the vacant World Heavyweight Championship belt at Spring Stampede against Jeff Jarrett. In a surprise twist, Paige's wife, Kimberly, turned on Paige and helped Jarrett become the new world champion. Paige got the better of Jarrett on the April 24th episode of Nitro, where he defeated Jarrett in a still cage match. To become the WCW World Heavyweight Champion for a third time and then lost the title to his tag partner, actor David Arquette. Three days later on Thunder, the rules stated that whoever got the pin would win the title, and Arquette pinned Jared's partner, Eric oh. Bishop. Yes,
1: folks. Eric, our DDP was part of the whole David Arquette debacle. Yes. I
0: and mean, we yes. call it a debacle, but I got to tell you, we, we we go back and we watch the love that Arquette has provided, and I, I kind of feel bad for the guy. in hindsight. Oh no, I agree with
1: you. I agree with you on this too. Yeah, like at the I, time, like this was just you're like, like what the hell's going on? But wW like, was dying in 2000. They were dying,
0: and, and honestly, bad. David Arquette, I don't think wanted to do this, but right. it was kind of forced. No, he didn't. Him. He
1: said he didn't want to do it. Yeah. So and he, I, I believe he donated all his money he earned from WCW at this time to charity.
0: Yeah. He really didn't want to do this but they did it anyway and he's kind of the martyr in that role but uh page attempted to win the title back at Cyber, really later that month in a triple cage match against arquette and Jarrett, but lost after arquette hit him with a guitar um that seems to be you know somebody else's gimmick but that's okay page then entered a feud with mike awesome who defeated him in an ambulance match that's a fantastic term at the great american bash after canyon turned on page Page then took some time off shortly after this, but he returned in the late 2000s as a full-time wrestler. Page came back. He formed a tag team with Kevin Nash and the Insiders, and the team won the tag team championship on November 26th at Mayhem by defeating the perfect event, Sean Stasiak and Chuck Palumbo. I remember Palumbo.
2: The Um, perfect event. That's wow.
0: That's good stuff.
2: Page briefly feuded with the
0: returning Canyon, which saw Canyon defeat Page at Super Bowl Revenge, such a weird term. And Paige defeating Canyon in the following night on Nitro, thus ending their feud. Page then moved to the World Championship pitcher again by facing Scott Steiner. Their feud hit a climax at WCW's final pay-per-view greed. Saw Page's final match at WCW in a semi barrel type defeat as he passed out. And the Steiner's finisher, the Steiner Recliner. Okay. Woof. WWF run for just a year, but there's a lot here. So let's get into it. When WCW was purchased by WWF owner Vince McMahon in 2001, Diamond Dallas Page was one of the few major WCW stars, along with Booker T and Buff Bagwell, who accepted buyouts of their AOL Time Warner contracts in order to immediately sign with Vincent Kennedy McMahon. He debuted in the World Wrestling Federation on W, I'm sorry, on uh, June 18th of and 2001, and this was just
2: yeah. an example, Dave, of um, of how he was always willing to to take risks. Like we talked about him moving to Atlanta from New Jersey. We talked about him moving to Florida. We talked about him um, giving it up and being a wrestler. Uh, and this is just another example of him letting him take the buyout so he can wrestle and take a small cut um, and a small salary from WDF just to wrestle. Yeah.
0: Like, that's I, DDP. I, I think he knew his time was short anyway. And he's like, if I, if Ab- I still yeah, want to do what I love, I'll, absolutely I'll it. Absolutely true. Through. And I think he'd love what he did. And he didn't sit back and take the money for a year yeah. or two years, right? So um, kind of speaks to the man, right? Uh, he did debut. So um, uh, on June 28, 2001, episode of Raw, he unveiled himself as the stalker of the Undertaker's wife, Sarah. Uh- <laughs> That's weird. Uh, Paige revealed he didn't care about Sarah. He only did it to make an impact and wanted to take on the biggest dog in the yard. At King of the Ring, he fought The Undertaker in an unsanctioned brawl that was never announced as an official match. Kind of interesting. On the July 5th episode of SmackDown, Paige competed against WCW Heavyweight Champion Booker T, but failed to win the title after a distraction from The Undertaker. Then, on a July 9th episode of Raw... WCW owner Shane McMahon and ECW owner Paul Heyman joined together to create the alliance with former WCW and ECW alumni joining forces in an attempt to take over control of the WWF.
1: I always thought Paige should have debuted separately. When he revealed himself as a stalker and he took the mask off on Raw, the place went nuts. Like, DDP yeah. was over, you know, Vince at this point when he won the war was in a stage where he was like, we're going to break you down. And we're going to build you back up the WWF way. And unfortunately, DT fell victim to that. I it just feel, it really suck.
0: I feel, I feel VKM is at the head of this table with a big bowl of pasta. And he's just like, yeah, we'll just, yeah. whatever. Was, we won. Like, he's, yeah. he's just he's just eating yeah. off the blood of everybody else. I mean, it's dirty as hell. And he's going to do whatever he wants. Like, I'm the king. Like, yep. I don't even know. It's, to say, it's really like, true. You know, like, I'm going to do whatever I want. I won. Like, Yep. And DDP gets caught in the...
2: You're going to be a stalker.
0: Okay. okay. All right, bro. Whatever you say, you're yeah. the man. You won. And then history... And, and his and mind is like, well, so at least I'm going to feud with The Undertaker. DDP's yeah. always going to turn the negative into a positive no matter what. So... Yeah. Uh, the Invasion pay-per-view page formed um, a part of Team Alliance alongside Booker T, Rhino, and the Dudley Boys defeating Team WWF after Team WWF member Stone Cold Steve Austin... Turned on his team mid match, didn't he? Walk out. I can't remember what he did there. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, yeah, yeah, he might have walked out. out. I think he walked out. He walked out, uh, took his ball and went home, as we'd say. On the August 9th, avian at SmackDown, Paige and Kenyon defeated the APA to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. Pretty cool. And then his feud with the Undertaker culminated when Undertaker and Kane defeated Paige and Canyon at SummerSlam on August 19, 2001. And it's still a cage match where they took that WWF Tag Team Championship off of them at that moment. During the match, Paige was injured, keeping him out of action until late October 2001. While he was injured, he developed a new gimmick in which he became a motivational speaker. The character involved Paige constantly smiling and acting optimistic with the trademark phase. That's not a bad thing. That's that's a good thing.
1: (laughs) You know, I remember when they first uh, did that, it didn't work. And everybody was like, oh, this is going to suck. And then he did one vignette where a bunch of women were aerobicizing and they were bending over and it showed like their thong butts. <laughs> and he came up in the middle. He's like, hi, it's DDP. <laughs> and instantly like people popped and like DDP found a way to get that so, shit over. So to they, make that crap they, they were mocking him out. in the back by saying he's so ridiculously positive. He's so ri-. Everyone he talked to would say DDP is so ridiculously positive. So they said, why don't we make a thing where you're like positively Paige? And he rode with it and it worked. And they didn't put a lot of effort into it. But because of DDP, he got it over, which shows the talent of him. He's great.
0: Yeah, man. He's great. That's why we're doing this episode. His return televised match was on November 3rd at Rebellion, losing to Big Show. After the Alliance lost at Survivor Series, Paige, along with the rest of the Alliance members and kayfabe, lost their jobs. Page eventually returned as a face and won his job back by defeating Big Boss Man. Wow! On the January twenty seventh, two thousand two <laughs> episode of SmackDown, holy shnikes! I didn't know he was still working there. Page competed in the Royal Rumble match at the uh, uh, what is that? Tutorial? January
1: twentieth event.
0: Yeah, just, what's the it word? was on January twentieth?
1: Don't just skip uh, the
0: word, Dave. I, I have t- no idea. T- he said, "I couldn't t- paste t- it," t- and you t- t- caught t- me. You caught me. All right, here. buddy. Okay. All right, we'll get back to that later. Uh, Page became the WWF (laughs) European champion on the July 31st, 2002 episode of SmackDown when he defeated Christian, a former follower of his positive philosophy. At WrestleMania 18, Page successfully retained in a rematch against Christian. However, he did lose the title to William Regal. On the episode of SmackDown, that go back
1: and watch the WrestleMania 18 match against Christian. It was actually very good, and like a lot of critics were like, "Oh my god, like these guys actually did really well together." Like, so go back and watch the European title match, DDP defending the title against Christian. It was very good at WrestleMania 18, and DDP again will tell you all about it because he was proud of it. He was like, "Dude, I got put on yeah. WrestleMania. I got a chance to do it. It was it was his first and only WrestleMania match." Yeah, and uh, he did. Wasn't really it, it Toronto? Yes, it was in Canada. So yeah,
2: it, it was an absolute like um, full circle from WrestleMania 6 when he yep. drove the car yes. in Skydome. And it was and in then Skydome, at 18, yeah. He gets to fulfill his dream and fucking wrestle Christian who can go in WrestleMania. Yep. GDP and he was, is he was so, Canadian
0: on top of that. GDP yeah. is so proud of you and our Craig. Yes, yeah. work. Very good Just job. Dug out the dirt. Yep. There you go. You're right. That's good stuff. On March 25th, Page was drafted to the SmackDown brand as part of the 2002 WWF draft lottery. I'm so happy when those happen. On April 18th episode of SmackDown, he sustained a serious neck injury during a match with Hardcore Holly after botching a superplex. After receiving opinions from multiple doctors, Page announced his retirement in June of 2002. He left the promotion soon after. So that's a tough. That's a tough. Uh,
1: yeah, you know, bang for him.
0: And he was uh, an
2: older guy. No matter how much he took care yeah. of himself, he was an older guy.
0: Yeah. And so, let's go
2: ahead and let let's just do the math. So 2002. That was uh 19 years ago. Mm-hmm. And in '88 he was 32. Um. Mm-hmm. So he was he in his 40s, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mid 40s, right?
2: Yeah. Early 40s. Like, yeah. Late 40s.
0: Yeah. It's it's kind of incredible when you think about it. I mean there, there's others that have done it. Um Hogan and Flair wrestled well into it, but I don't think they were doing the work that GDP was doing at those ages. And granted GDP started later, you know. He might he was probably 46 at this
2: time Yeah, yeah, in 2002. Fair.
0: So we got some uh, miscellaneous promotions and then his final retirement. He signed with TNA uh, where he would debut for the company on November twelfth, taping of Impact, where he attacked Raven. There you go. Beginning a feud between those two. there. Is TNA
2: a real thing or is that like a joke? Oh my god! Stop, action. It. Stop it! Wait, what? so What's Dave, up?
1: honestly, to save time, like I'm not trying to shit on like anything he did in TNA. Yeah. He was there for a little bit. And he wrestled a lot of guys. He I defeated Raven, people. right? Yeah, you could skip a lot Absolutely. of shit, like if you want.
0: Yeah. Paige and Brown, uh, they, they, they formed a... Because it was a short team it March. was a
1: short stay. I don't mean to disrespect TNA, yeah, but it was a short Yeah, no, you're
0: stay. good. Yeah. Um, the following month, against all odds, Paige and Brown defeated Team Canada, which was Bobby Roode and Eric Young. Just think about those names on the way up. We got Robert Roode and Eric Young wrestling DDP at this point in TNA. That's um, some big names that are around the world right now. Uh, Paige did receive a title shot for the um, NWA side on March 13th, uh, but he was defeated by Jeff Jarrett. Um, when Brown hill and hit Paige with the with the pounce. Okay. okay. maybe that's a purse. I don't know what that is. I don't lockdown, know. Lockdown. Huh? Uh, I don't know uh, either. Page, <laughs> Page team with, with BC James and did to feature Jarrett, Monty Brown, and the outlaw and lethal lockdown match. Uh yeah, there's it's just he he left shortly thereafter in order to pursue some acting work. On March thirty first, two thousand seventeen. Page was finally inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame in Orlando, Florida. I felt like that was not that long ago. We we were clamoring I, for Page wasn't. for years to be inducted. Yeah, It was only four yeah. years ago. It's four yeah. years ago. The scope of the environment, you don't realize how long you've been shut in. But. Right. Are you guys ready to get into some championships and achievements? Let's See. do it. So Pro and Illustrated said Feud of the Year in 1997 with Randy Savage. That's pretty impressive. Uh, Most hated wrestler of the year in 99. Most improved wrestler of the year in 1995. Ranked number four in the top 500 singles wrestlers of the year. PWI 500 in 1997 and 98. Um, Wow. Ranked number 65 in the top 500 single wrestlers in PWI years in 2003. Um, In WCW, he won the championship there three times. He was the World Television Championship one time. He was the United States champion twice. He was the WCW World Tag Team Champion four times with Bam Bam Bigelow and Chris Canyon. Uh, that was you know two a piece there, because they were doing the um, the free rules, yeah, yeah. And then Kevin Nash uh, two times as well. Uh, he was uh, fourth WCW Triple Crown Champion and Lord of the Ring tournament in '96. Then in WWE, he won the European Championship. He won the tag team championships with Chris Kenyon, and he is in the Hall of Fame class of 2017, like we talked about. And then uh, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, whatever they say, they have the best wrestling maneuver in 1997 with the Diamond Cutter, most improved in 96, worst gimmick in 2001. Um, what? Fuck you, fuck you, Meltzer. What was, was that?
2: The, the
1: positively page that it's not a bad fuck, thing; it's a sh- good thing. Uh, no, it was just yeah. sorry. It was a stalker. It a was
0: stalker. Oh, the stalker makes yeah. sense. I'll, yeah. I'll give him that. If you're trying to sell me bad thing, good thing. But um, that is that is a DDP episode, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I know you know what? And I, I he know, did a I lot know, in a short time, man. A Dave, you wanted stuff. to fire it along or whatever.
1: But, like, I mean, really, now I'll speak on the the legacy of him. It's like you talked earlier because I know you want to talk about DDP yoga. And what he's done with DDP mm-hmm. yoga, if you guys don't know what that is, fucking look it up. <laughs> look it up on Google. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he took, uh, when he first hurt his neck before he won the world title in 99, his wife Kimberly said, why don't you do yoga with me? He's like, ah, yoga, that's for women. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and she's like, no, like you just got out of neck surgery. If you want to come back to wrestling at your age, watch what I do. So he watched her do movements and he's like, wait a minute. Maybe if I tense my muscles and do high resistance, I could convert yoga moves into like this other form. And he created DDP yoga from watching Kimberly in 1999 show him do this stuff. You will stretch your scars out. You'll stretch all your your, certain. It'll be a lot easier for you. The scar tissue. Yeah. Yeah. So he did that. He created DDP yoga in 99 in his brain. And then after he left WCW, he started putting it into fruition and started getting funding and started copywriting shit or whatever. And to this day, go and look up DDP yoga. He has saved people's lives people who have had disabilities who have been grossly overweight has lost like hundreds of pounds through his DDP yoga methods and healthy eating methods he's always been a big proponent of eating healthy and not putting poisons in your body and all that stuff and DDP is a hero and he is a guy and i'm not saying that to be corny he really is he's well, a guy that is saving these guys who had no health insurance back in the day and they're just suffering he has saved Jake Roberts he has saved Scott Hall he got them sober. He got them to lose some weight from DDP yoga and to, you know, reclaim their fucking sobriety and their health. And uh for you, yoga- uh,
0: for you fans of today that love you know what's going on in AEW and you love the Chris Jericho project, Chris Jericho wouldn't be in the ring right now without DDP. His his back was so massively damaged. Yeah, and, and people make fun was- of
1: Jericho for having a gut right now. I'm like, he's fucking injured, by the way. And he's just mm-hmm. hanging on there, trying to do DP yoga and trying to stay in shape or whatever. Like he's, but his I mean, back was so
0: damaged yeah. that he he was done uh, for a moment, and DDP yoga got him back and got him back into the ring. And yeah, now he's headlining AEW. You know, he start he his contract, everything started AEW on a massive level. It wouldn't it wouldn't have gotten off the ground without him, which means it wouldn't have gotten off the ground without DDP yoga. So. You're welcome, AEW fans. That's what yeah, I would say. It's true. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, Craig, what it would you there. like to say on
1: DDP?
2: What do you feel? Um, just uh, a guy that um, did whatever he set it in his mind to do and did it. And he did it. Um, he's an inspiration to people who you're never too old to do something. So go write that book at uh, if you're 30 years old, uh, go to that wrestling school if you're 34. It doesn't matter. Um, life is about relationships. It's about taking that chance. It's about um, jumping and the net will appear like DDP is emblematic of all of that. Like um, and yeah, he had great chances in life and that's where luck meets opportunity where he ran nightclubs and met wrestlers. And that's what you do, um, man. he was in Florida where he got to uh, talk to wrestlers and he had a gift of gab and a gift of relationships. And at the end of the day, there's been no one like him to start that late at 35 and win a world championship at 44 or whatever it was and to still look fantastic. The dudes, okay, he was running 56, he's 65 now. Watch an interview yeah. with him now at 65 and his DDP yoga, which was formerly yoga for guys, like um, he's to jess's point he's changed millions of lives as he should and he's reinvented himself he's not a saint like he's he's a dude that did nightclubs and wrestled and he's a uh he's probably got a dark side but like three yeah three marriages you
1: know and i'm not shitting on anybody yeah
2: right but between jake robertson and his entire relationship between all the locker rooms that say how good um he treats people and how he's positive like
1: yeah, everybody's of- comment that it's like a half joke they're like ddp yeah. is so just disgustingly positive about everything yes
2: jake roberts said that scott hall says that yeah his karma is in good shape and he's an inspiration um to all of us like just chase your dreams and be positive and don't let anything get in your way and if anyone taught anything if anyone taught us that it's uh it's ddp
1: I lived it thank you DDP Dave I know it's ran long but it's wonderful yeah Uh, he's great
0: great. not not, not as long as we thought for audio fans give us a listen on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud iHeartRadio, Stitcher and Google Podcast or watch our videos on YouTube at our wrestling channel could you do us a favor on social media and give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter at OWP2019 or check us out on Facebook at our wrestling podcast this is Dave Jess and Craig with the OWP signing off have a good one Thank you